You're listening to Only Here for the Wi-Fi. Episode 101 with Tamara Abdulhadi. You're listening to Only Here for the Wi-Fi. I'm your host, Lazy Lung. And uh, strap yourselves in. As per usual, you know the deal. We got to wait a little bit of time for Instagram to wake up and uh, let the good people know that this thing is doing what it's doing. Connection is an issue, you know. Connectivity is a thing. Let's just pin up this comment. But, 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 but. You listen to the sounds of Okie Dokie. And uh, man, 101 episodes, guys. Yesterday was a great, great episode with Narcy. And uh, today, you know, we're keeping it in the family. All right. We're keeping it in the family. We're talking to um, to Tamara. And by all means, listen, if you have any questions with regards to, um, you know, photography, how to set up an exhibition, I don't know, you know, uh, how to sign up for one of her workshops, any of that kind of thing, uh, you know, do not hesitate to uh, to get in touch. Okay. You can hit us up in the comments section or just in the, you know, in the question bubbles or whatever. And she's here. Exciting. Exciting. Let's do it. I'm going I'm to bring her up. <laughs> hey. Hey. How's it going, Tamara? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for uh, coming on the show, and um, you know, it's it's working out. Hopefully, everything is uh, sounding and looking okay. Yeah, to me. Perfect. Yeah. So, how are you? How are things going on in your world? Uh, I mean, they're good. They're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that's a tough question these days because there's so many, relatively speaking. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's pretty, it's pretty shit, but I mean, Hey, you know, um, you're not in Lebanon currently, right? No, I'm currently in Montreal. Okay. Um, Hey, same time zone. That's a good thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Same time zone, uh, similar weather. Yeah, I don't know if you have it worse or better than us here in Ottawa. Um, you know, uh, there has been a, a bit of snow lately, but today is supposed to be nice, right? Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, it looks like a good day. Yeah. Now we got the weather out of the way. We can go yeah. into the whole, the real, the real stuff. So uh, what? Like, let's just make this a uh, super broad and general question. Why photography? Uh, why photo? A great question. Um, right? <laughs> uh, why photography? Photography is, or let's say, I I came upon photography at a time in my life where I really needed some sort of creative expression, and so when I I'd always been interested in photography, but I never really picked up a camera till I was in my early 20s. And uh, so when I did, I realized that it gave me a sense of like comfort, a sense of expression. Like I, I realized that I, I realized that I had this tool in my hand that gave me these things, you know, like 
I was it was a tough time for me at that time in my life and I needed an outlet and photography for me was that um, and at the same time it was it, it allowed me also to have sort of the courage to talk to people to you know like kind of break out of my because I'm I'm kind of like a you know I'm kind of like a a shy person in a sense you know like my friends might disagree in right. some way but I I am you know I, or I was let's say I was more I used to keep to myself more and uh, this helped me break out of that and also helped my own form of like creative expression come out certainly Certainly. And, yeah. uh, you know, hats off. You have a, a wonderful eye and seem to be able to let, um, well, I mean, you yourself capture and also just let people like capture themselves low key with that, that cool photo series that you did in, uh, in Ramallah where essentially you were just letting people take selfies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, so this project, like, okay. So this project came about for me at a time where, I, um, you know, I was a, when I started as a photographer, I went into photojournalism sort of by chance. And um, what I, what I ended up doing is, uh, you know, I became a photojournalist, I became a, a photographer that took photos alongside, you know, writing that wasn't my own, a lot of uh, mainstream media, a lot of um, a lot of articles that I that I helped illustrate. It was a very good experience at the beginning, but it reached a point where I was I started. I think a lot of photographers, a lot of photo journalists, perhaps have this time where they're like, you know, it's kind of like a crisis where you're like, am I um, am I like do I have the right to represent these people through my images? Who you know these kind of questions like. Um, what gives me the right to say that this is this person's truth? You know, because it's it, it it's not it's it's um it, it's basically when you start questioning when you become critical right um, about photography and so that was at that time for me where I started questioning and I was in I was in Palestine at that time and I had been with a group of people we were going around in a um, in the Aida, uh, oh, sorry, in the Dhesha refugee camp in Bethlehem. And I felt really uncomfortable because a lot of the people with me were taking photos of, you know, people going about their day. And um, I felt, as a photographer, I was, you know, I, I, I had my camera, but I, I didn't use it because I'm like, I started thinking about the people there in the, you know, in the refugee camp near their homes, you know, this person putting up... Uh, their laundry, this other person having a coffee, and I thought to myself, how would I feel if some strangers came and started taking photos of me, you know? And that is weird. But is it's it, very weird. That is weird. But, I mean, does it normally work like yeah. that? Doesn't it, I mean, like, even, not even just necessarily in the Arab I, world, but, like, in... In other, like, you can't just take a photo of someone, right? You have to be like, hi, I'm such and such, and uh, I just, do you mind if I take your photo? Is that, like, not how it works? And then you kind of, like... I mean, that's one That's one way of doing it. Other, There's another way of doing it where people just take the photos. Right. They, they just, yeah, they take... There are places that are a bit more... Um, 
you know, maybe a bit more conservative in terms of like, not everyone can go and take photos everywhere. But yeah. most of the time, a lot of people do ask questions, you know, I think like street photography, for example, like you take photos as you walk, you don't really interact so much. Um, but that's a, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice um, that but as a photographer, you take, do you want to be this kind of photographer that questions or do you want to, uh, oh, sorry, that, that interacts with the person or before or after from, like, you know, because I get you yeah, in the sense that exactly, it can, like you can yeah, you know, well, I mean, of course it can it totally impact or like, you know, camera obscura is a thing, right? I'm sure you of all people know how, like, you know, uh, what the, uh, a candid photo looks like versus something that is, you know, they know what's the, what the deal is and, and how it impacts their behavior. Yeah. I mean, of course there's a, there in terms uh, look, in terms of photography, I think that uh, there's all kinds of ways to do it. Like, and, and, uh, as long as you're, uh, as long as you are, um, I think for me, it's all about intention, you know, like intentionality when it comes to, um, your work and and uh, the kind of project or the kind of like uh, photography that you do. For example, if we're talking from a photography standpoint, um, it's about intentionality. Like, what am I? Why am I hmm. taking these photos? What am I trying to through my work as a whole? Um, all of these, you know, all of these questions that. Okay, pardon me for one one second. It yeah. seems like we're having connectivity issues. Um, do you mind checking to sh make sure that you're not on your mobile network and that you're connected to the Wi-Fi? Because I think maybe the mobile network uh, is is uh, causing a problem. No, I'm actually not on the Wi-Fi. What do you? Uh, is it? Is it uh, really choppy and are, are we having some laggy? Oh, okay. I might actually. Let, let me. Do you want to redo it? Do no, not redo back? it, but I mean, I'll I'll just I'll boot you off and just reset your router or something, and, and we'll try okay. again. I'll I'll play some music, and talk to the cool people that are tuned in. Uh, all right. So listen, everybody. Sorry about that. You know, hey. <laughs> Instagram is not exactly the greatest uh, platforms of all time. We know this. That's not. I actually don't know if 3G would be better in this case. Yeah. Because um, I have the same issue. I'm here in Canada. Hey, what's up? Listen, everybody uh, who's tuned in, uh, I need your help. Help me. Okay. There's a little question bubble at the bottom of this here little uh, doodad. Okay. This um, this live. And, uh, you know, want you to participate in this conversation that we're having with Tamara. Uh, maybe you have questions that you wished you could have asked. Maybe, um, I don't know, just participate. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Um, yesterday's interview, if you did not check it out with Narsi, was awesome. I'm really, really glad. And shout out to Tamara for low key <laughs> helping that come to fruition. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a while, I'm enjoying it. And, you know, uh, with your help, hey, Narsi, thanks for tuning in. Um, speak of the devil. We we're just talking about you in our episode yesterday and how awesome it was and how grateful I am for you and your lovely, you know, family, man. 
But yeah. Also, uh, visit Narcy's page. Uh, he's doing a thing, a, a special sale right now on his books, uh, text messages, and and uh, you know check it out and visit his Instagram page. Maybe after this live though. Okay, so stick around here. And hey, Narcy, maybe you have a question for tomorrow. Maybe you were like, uh, I never. Could. It's totally anonymous. If you want, or not, and then you submit questions in the in the bubble section, and uh, yeah. So anyhow, let me see. Let me see if she's back in. Okay, there she is. Perfect. Sending a request. I'm going to play that cheesy song. Hey, that looks so much better. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see that I have my fan club up, up here. Sundas, Lena. Oh, you guys are the best. Love everyone. Yeah. Hey, speaking of fan clubs, and just well, well, just a quick pause, okay? Because I wanted to 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 do this, and this is a thing, right? With friends and family, and especially like ought to be family who are like, "Yeah, hook it up." How often have you been asked to do wedding photos? <laughs> oh my god! Um, you know what? Actually, I don't think I've ever been asked. Pretty good. But, They're pretty well-mannered friends and family yeah, you have. Yeah, I know Tamara's great photographer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, I did photographs in this and uh, Yasin's wedding. Okay. And I also, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, of course I photographed them all while I was there, but I never, I don't think I ever was asked. Like it? Sure. <laughs> You know, that's, I swear to God, that's happened to me. And not like, especially with music, they're like, yeah. uh, song, you know, like, sure. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, you were talking about the early incarnations. Well, well, I mean, your early experiences uh, getting into photography and then kind of like this, um, you know, this question, you know, this self inner reflection of, of like, do I have the right to portray or like, you know, kind of, uh, capture these people's souls, you know, uh, in, in still frame. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, you know, that was when I, uh, when I did that project, the self portraits project, because I thought to myself, um, if right now I don't know if I can photograph people, so I I think I'm going to um, ask them or you know like make it so happen that they photograph themselves. It was in a way a uh, you know sort of like an experiment, something that was interactive. Uh, it was also inspired by this really amazing project uh, from 1979, I believe, uh, that was done in Birmingham. Mm. Uh, called the called the Handsworth portrait, I think, and it was the same kind of idea. It was a setup outdoor, kind of like a setup studio in the street, and people. It's a beautiful project. It's the Handsworth portrait from nineteen seventy nine, um, okay. and I so I got inspired by that, and I even told the 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 creator of that that project. You know, I'm like, I think I'm going to take this to Palestine because I feel like it might work um and so i did and and i i then was able to take those and i and i left the video running because i thought it would also be interesting to see people before portraits after you know like the whole process mm. 
um, self-portrait. And then I did a I did a screening, like a projection after that in in uh, in the area in Ramallah. Oh, you projected it in that area. Yeah, afterwards. Oh, wow. Continue the, you know, sort of the interaction of it with the with the people, which was really cool. That is cool. And that's definitely like an interesting way of going about exhibiting your work, which was the, one of the next questions that I had for you was like, how would you say that your exhibitions kind of differ or what do you do to prep for a photo exhibition? I mean, it dep really depends on um, what the, you know, a lot of times there's a, there's a curator that has like a pre you know, conceived idea about what they want a show to look like. If my work comes in and fits um, a group show, you know, what kind of work would fit in there? And uh, um, and then, for example, if we're talking about my own work, like a solo show, there was a show that I had um, in, um, in Florence uh, at this really cool festival called Middle East Now in Florence and um, in Italy. And these uh, the space was just like a, so the, the exhibition that, that we put together was uh, for my project on the barbershops, um, the hair, the hair, uh, hairdresser celebration <laughs> that I have. And um, what we did, and, and uh, along with my creative partner, um, Roy Saade, uh, what we did was, so he, he sort of, designed the exhibition for me and we had these uh, this idea where let's not just put the images but let's also um kind of recreate a barbershop so his idea was let's bring in um you know like a make a little corner have a barber chair um let's find a barber so we went out when we got when we first got to to florence we went out and looked for for a barber, and we found a really great Moroccan barber really close by to where the, the show was going to be put up. And we talked to him and we're like, you know, can you come? Would you be interested in doing this? You know, cutting hair for like an hour tops during an opening. And it was such a weird question. But and so at first he was a bit like, uh, Okay, and then <laughs> it's not every like, day. Yeah, it's not every day you get asked to be part of an exhibition, but that's yeah, okay. it was it was fun. And then we're like, you know, we really wanted him to feel also like he was like we wanted because for me and one of the reasons why I did the project is because I feel like um, you know hairdressing and and the barbershop really barbers are artists in their own right, and they're very a lot of them are quite Some. proud. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that I, you know, connected with for this project in both Ramallah and in Beirut were very proud of their work, you know, proud of their haircuts, proud of their their business. Um, so for me, so so for this, it was like a celebration of this guy's work. At the same time, you know, I we said bring your business cards or, you know, the card of the shop to give to people. And, and it was really beautiful. Like, he came and he brought a friend and he did a haircut for the guy. And then after that, the, the, the barber chair was open to whoever wanted to get a free haircut. Or, uh, you know, this girl got eyebrow threading, this other guy. It was, it was amazing. It was really, 
That's um, that's super fascinating. I mean, it's and it's great that you like, you know, um, you know, shout out or represent or gave back to the community that you know that was in that area. You know, that's 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 so cool. Like a barbershop. Um, what about things like music? I mean, especially coming from a musically inclined family, and uh, and and that type of thing. Or I don't know, you know, like w- what are some of the what were some of exhibits that you went to that you were blown away by that you were like, Oh shit, this changes the game. Man, I don't, I mean, that's a really tough question there. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, I haven't, you know, I haven't been to an exhibition in like a year and a half since COVID. So I can't even think of, I, I, I can't, huh? Oh yeah! Oh my! You saw Roy's right here. He's hey, Roy! Roy! Hey. It's Roy's too late here. now. You gotta show yourself. <laughs> Roy's, Roy's. How are you doing? Roy is my my creative slash life partner. <laughs> I'm here listening. Awesome. Um. Uh. Oh yeah. So so actually, it just reminded me of this amazing thing that we saw once that at um it was at an a a, a gallery in uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And it was this project called um, uh, The Clock, I believe. And it was a video that ran for 24 hours. And through the the 24 hours, it was all scenes from films that, like, so if it was 6.05 p.m. where you were right now watching it, it would be, they would all be like scenes from the movie different movies where they were looking at the and then they would see and it just ran wow it was ridiculous it was amazing and the gallery had like a also like an overnight 24 hour it's got it's called the clock by christian marklay loop 24 hour video all right it's really really cool hold on let me make Um, a note of that so i can so i can i mean i'll pull it up in the video later but uh, yeah and then and then also speaking of time there was a really other cool thing that we had seen um, that was there. Uh, what was the band called? It was called... Uh, the, the song the, called Sorrow. Yeah, but what was the band called? It was also an, uh, it was also a six, so it was a six hour long, I don't know if you heard of this, um, speaking of music, mm. it's, a, it's a six, it was a six hour um no, no, no. We, we hold on. It was called the National. Yeah, uh, a band called the, the National. National. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so the National have a song called Sorrow, and they did this thing with an artist. I think it was an Icelandic artist, where they played the song for six whole hours, over and over and over again. Easy. Yeah, and but it was it was yeah, it's very easy and very, <laughs> so. So what happens is when you see this at the, you know, when you go to the exhibition and you find the song, you sit and you're like, okay, you know, one, once, twice, three times. You're like, I'm probably going to leave. And then five, 15, like you stay, we stayed for like almost three hours. You get really, it was really beautiful. I highly recommend you. you Check uh, out the national. It's, it's just their song. It's on, I think it's on YouTube. It's okay. a song that keeps running. A lot of sorrow. Yeah, it's called a lot of sorrow. <laughs> there are definitely some crazy YouTube video, like ten hours 
of the, like that sax song. Like, hold on. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, I might get pulled off of Instagram for playing it, but it's like the stupidest thing. Hold on. 10 hours sax song. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. Epic sax guy. 10 hours. 10 hours of that. Of this? Yeah. Oh my God. 10 hours. Well, I mean, you know. But I love I mean, art. Uh, listen, growing up in a, in, a, in a family like I did, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have been surrounded by people like, um, you know, my, my sister. Shout out Sindus Abdelhadi. Um, Yasin. Um, Yasin's sister, Hala Asalma. Whoa. Something happened. Something happened to the video. Doing a podcast on Instagram, everybody. We're doing a podcast on Instagram. Ah, welcome back. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's so good to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got a call. I'm, I'm not sure how that happened. I'm sorry, but you know what? It was from a, a really amazing friend called Omar Siri, who was not online, and he's not on on Instagram. Yeah. You know, but I'm still shouting him out. That's cool. Well, shout out, Omar. Omar City. <laughs> you got a shout out. There you go. Right, right there. So yeah, uh, welcome back. Uh, don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, we're have it's we're it's the fun cast. Okay, this is only here for the Wi-Fi, and uh, we keep it loose. All right, this is not Al Jazeera. It's not Reuters. It's not all that jazz. Okay, so Reuters. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking I, I of, for Reuters, <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, think I don't know. You don't think I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. How? I mean, that. How was that? Like, you know, I mean, working in Dubai, living in Dubai, working in Dubai. That whole that whole shtick. Man. So. So okay. So Dubai, Dubai. What, what Dubai gave me was the opportunity to become a photographer when I was there. So that was when I first decided to be a photographer. So I was able to get this opportunity to work at Reuters, a.k.a. Reuters. Um, Pardon and, me. <laughs> and so what, what, what ended up happening was I learned... I guess, you know, the, the sort of the news world. I was thrown in by chance. I wasn't really looking to be a photojournalist, but I ended up um, working at Reuters. And it was, I mean, it was what it was at the time. It was really, um, it was good for me because I needed to be put in the space where I had to learn. Um, and then, so I left Reuters not long after that, I started photographing for the New York Times. So that was really when I, I really got into, uh, or got the, uh, the opportunity to travel around the Middle East, uh, uh, AKA Swana region, AKA like, you know, um, funny enough, you say that by the way, Narsi, not such a fan of, uh, the term Swana. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's all, it's, it's like, I, I know what Narcy is saying, and I totally agree with the fact that, like, you know, these days, it's like, there are so many things that we have to think about before we say them, but also, like, it's also, there's 
so much like you know like take it easy like it's it's the middle east and north africa but at the same time um so it's you know it's the swana region but also like it's there's so many it's just repackaging to make it more palatable for people to be like not the big scary middle east like (laughs) you know But also at the same time, it's like being more inclusive to the, you know, North African side of uh, the region, you know, and being like, yeah, "Yeah, we're a whole, we're a whole thing, man. Yeah, because we are like, you know, North Africa, uh, North Africa and us are like, we're, we are a one thing and we have so much in common, but a lot of times there is like a, you know, there we're not we don't get to connect as much as we would like to i think you know when when we meet people from north africa when we meet like algerians and moroccans and tunisians there's such a you know like we do feel a a commonality and a closeness but at the same time we're we're um we don't get that enough i think Mm. you know and and it's because a lot of times we don't we're not the kind of uh, region that visits each other because we have to get visas to go to, the, you know, uh, different Arab countries. And it's not, it's just not easy to connect, you know, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, you know, you know, I mean, especially like just speaking of Lebanon, not exactly the most uh, got it together group of people, you know what I mean? Um, Which brings me to my next question, you know, um, like what's, you know, um, you moved to Lebanon and you were based there for, for some, quite some time. Were you there when the blast happened? Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, you know, I, I'd been in, I've been in Lebanon for over 10 years. Um, and I also happened to meet and marry a Lebanese, uh, a Lebanese man. Right. Uh, and uh, so it really became my home because before that as an Iraqi, I always felt, you know, like I was part of the, 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 the community, but not, it's, you know, it's, it's also being a, a, a product of the diaspora. You know, you always feel like you're trying to fit in somewhere, but then you realize, actually, I can make my own space and, you know, I can make it my own home. And, and that's how I did. And then, I stayed, yeah, you know, me and Roy uh, lived throughout, I would say, you know, since since the country started uh, sort of collapsing. Mm. You know? um, everything, the devaluation of the currency, the everything, everything. It was really like, I know, I know it was very hard for a lot of people. A lot of people are still there. Right. We are here for now. We came to Montreal after the explosion. Um, my family's here, so we came to spend some time, and we ended up staying for whatever different reasons. But we're here for the moment. Has this the the situation caused you to reevaluate? Like m- myself, I'm reevaluating because you know I spent a decade and a half um, working in the Middle East, and you know I. Okay, so I was born and raised in Canada, but, um, you know, have always had Middle Eastern roots and and connections and and found work as well, funny enough, in and around 2006. Um, But, you know, I always, like, I have a lyric that says, like, strange places in these eyes, 
even though I'm there all the time, you know? And, uh, as much as I do feel very connected to Beirut still, um, I, I just don't know anymore. And my mom is needing, you know, she's older now. Family is a thing. Right. And, uh, she's kind of like, like, why anymore? Like, you know, just come home. And so I'm going back, but uh, I think I have to reevaluate like just at least Lebanon, you know, I don't know the Jordan or uh, some of the other, um, some of the other countries. Ah, but yeah. So, I mean, did it, did it make it easier on you having worked with multinationals like, um, you know, the New York times or some of these other big publications that like, did it make it easier on you at all living in Lebanon? Oh, uh, no. I mean, uh, living, you mean living in Lebanon, say for the past, like, 18 or 19 months right sort of yeah yeah no i mean i i mean of course of course being able to have some work um is always a blessing uh but uh no i mean it was very no it was very hard and i think that a lot of us are reevaluating because we have no choice but to sort of reevaluate, but I also know like having spent the past uh, six months here in Montreal, it's also like there's there's this you know feeling of of wanting to be there and wanting to and this feeling I think will never go. And I have an attachment now to Lebanon that is uh, not just my own, but my my husband's and his family as well. Absolutely. That, you know, my family's here in Montreal. They've been here for a while. But I think this whole year has made us all reevaluate things in many ways. And a lot of people that have gone through what has been happening in Lebanon, it's like even like, you know, tenfold, I guess. Absolutely. And I mean, I guess a lot of the times I'm assuming that you get, you keep getting requested for like some you know, with everything that's happening in Thaura, everything that's happening with like, you know, the, the struggle and, and, um, the troubling times and, you know, and all this sorrow, all of this, like, you know, traumatic experiences, um, you know, like, I guess, are you turning down these things? Like, like you're like, I don't want to portray this uh, type of narrative through my work. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's been a while that I've taken the work that I have taken or, you know, it, it, in the past couple of years or a little bit more, I've been more choosy in terms of what I take and what I don't. Um, I tend to work less for mainstream media now. I I, um, I, I tend to want to, you know, work perhaps with local NGOs as much as I can um, because uh, because at some point, you know, at some point you have to also think about, I'm going to go do this work for someone. Do I like believe in what they're doing or do I, you know, respect what they're like that for me? That's a privilege, though, when you when you're trying to make money and survive, of course, you know, but wow. uh, 
I mean, hey, you know, you don't want to be associated to some some evil shit. So, I mean, no, of course respect. not. And all, of course, one hundred percent. And at the same time, at the same time, you know, I've been, I I completed my MFA recently, so I've been I've been trying to concentrate more on like education and 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 wanting to to um, you know perhaps perhaps teach. Um, uh, in the near future, hopefully. Right. But so, all of this part of the reevaluation. How would you How would you approach uh, teaching? And is it like, for example, on a technical thing? Are we talking like uh, a particular type of camera? Are we talking like film? Or are we talking about digital? Like, how nerdy are we going with this? Is this like, are you are you like, do you endorse a particular brand? You're like, I only like <laughs> Fuji Max and everything no. else. I've I've never I've never been uh, I've never been someone who's like nerded out over over uh, gear. Um, I always uh, I've always I shot I started with with uh, analog, you know, to while I was learning it, and then I went into the the I bought the same camera that I used at Reuters because I was comfortable with it, and it was a you know a Canon, and then. And then you know, moving forward, a few years ago, started went back to film a little bit, a little bit of medium format. But at the end of the day, it's about the you know the subject, the photo, the you know. It's, for me, it's not really about the tool. And in terms of, I mean, of course, of course, learning how to use a camera and all of those fundamentals are important. But there's also the like I was saying before, the intention, the, you know, um, uh, the ethics, you know, all of those things I think are important to me in terms of photography and would go into my own teaching philosophy as a, as a, as a photographer. And, uh, and, oh, hey, Tanya Trabulsi. Oh, oh, hey, Tanya Trabulsi in the house. Oh, hey, Tanya. Thanks for tuning into the show, man. Uh, yeah, big fan of of, of Tanya's work. Uh, I've asked her to come on the show, and I know that you kind of want. You know what? Let's see what happens. Let's just, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when, and you know, probably know what the outcome is going to be. <laughs> but let's just see what happens because uh, your girl probably not ready for this. Don't I be sent an it. I sent an invitation to Tanya. And probably, well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna just assume she's gonna say no. Like, how dare you put me in this precarious situation? You? I know I'm a piece of shit, but I mean, whatever. You know, uh, it's okay. You know what? I'll cancel the invitation, Tanya. It's okay. Don't worry about it. No, no, don't cancel. Keep don't cancel. Up. Keep she'll it. Change. Maybe she'll change her mind and she'll pop. Put it. the pressure on. We're keeping it. We're all judging you, Tanya. And <laughs> you didn't get anything. Uh, okay. All right. We'll go with that. I didn't get. An invitation. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, strange. You can request it anyway. No, I think the phone is like glitching, to be honest. Ah, damn it. Oh. Tanya is, is it unable to join. Is it again? Well, whatever. Uh, okay, so we're going to go into a Q&A, which means I push a button and here we go. Do you see this question on your screen? No. No question? Mm -mm. Hmm. Horrible. We've got uh, Lulwaya. What oh. does Tamara enjoy taking pictures of? What is her favorite <laughs> subject to photograph? Question mark, question mark. 
Question mark. Okay. Um, I would say always people, um, you know, portraits. Um, obviously, I love photographing people that I love. And I also, I also really enjoy photographing. Well, I mean, it really depends. I go through, you know, my own uh, way of figuring out what do I want to work on, and if you know, choosing a subject that uh, that I'm curious about, like the barber shops, or like you know, um, like my project picture, an Arab man, where I photographed Arab men. Um, that actually, I'm creating into a book soon that the oh, medium shit. is going to publish in uh, summer slash fall 2021. Um, so that, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's that. It's people. It's people that inspire me and, and, and um, people that I'm curious about and also that I love, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, hey, maybe you can go into a new avenue and take photos of people you hate, right? Could be. I mean, I could, I could, yeah. right? I mean, I could, yeah, sure, right? Sure. If it, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. sure. I mean, like here, here, like just to, if we were to do it like a, a flip of the coin, right? Or like, who would win in a knife fight? Portraits versus landscapes. A portraits for sure. More so than landscapes. Yeah, I love landscapes for sure. I love them, okay. uh, but portraits. I can't lie to my, you know, myself with portraits. Sure. Nature versus urban. Mm. I would say probably nature. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Instagram photography versus a camera for like camera film, film camera. Oh, you mean like the phone? Yeah. The phone, yeah. The phone, phone Instagram for yeah. like telephone. Because, yeah. right, like some telephones now, right? I mean, they have all the pixels. Yeah, they're amazing. They're better than some cameras. Um, Take that. Either or, really. I'm happy with either. I won't uh, choose one. Yeah, you know, there's a saying like the best camera is the camera on you. Yeah, like you mean this? Well, I mean, that's like your mind camera. Like, we have oh, yeah. those. Yeah. Is that oh, you mean whatever whatever you have on you. Okay, I get it. Right. <laughs> never heard that thing. Did you just make that up? Oh, your boy dropped some heat, you know? <laughs> I definitely didn't. I don't know. Somebody, someone, somebody way smarter than me uh, for sure said that. Um, how about, what would you say, like, the hardest or most challenging project you had to ever take was? Uh, let's see. I mean, take like as an assignment or... I don't know. Just whatever. Could, doesn't it have to be photography? Maybe it was like the, another project that you were like, oh my God, this project. Ugh. Like I like I hate it. I don't want to do this anymore. Or it was just, yeah. I mean, whatever you what Hey, whatever you want to share, really. <laughs> I mean, may, maybe, um, I mean, it's always hard to photograph things that take place in a 
situation that's you know that's not a good situation like for example uh you know po uh after the beirut explosion for example you know like those kind of assignments are extremely difficult uh because you know you're still um processing and and um you don't want to bother the people that you're supposed to photograph there's all of these questions but at the same time also sometimes you have to do it because it's important so that that maybe i grappled with in the beginning um i mean at the first couple of i think the first 10 days i couldn't take any assignments i turned down everything and yeah. then and then after i was i felt i was able to then i did and i don't regret it was a uh, important so maybe that kind of answer i can only it. imagine that several media outlets were reaching out to you um immediately after being like you know give us your thoughts or maybe send us a photo yeah i mean uh, you know a lot of people they they put a lot of feelers out i think to a lot of different photographers at the time they like to, because they really want somebody to take photos for them um and also i think a lot a lot of times a photographer friend would would not want to do it and pass it on or you know or vice versa um uh there was like th just the way that the emails were written like one one of them was like the you know dear tamara um it must be really hard now because after the you know the the collapse plus corona plus the explosion and i hope you're you know i hope it's okay that i'm getting in touch and like when you're reading that you're just kind of like blood is boiling uh, yeah like your brain <laughs> is still trying to you know, but actually, you know, also at the same time, there's another side wh where people um, like I remember there's this page on Instagram called Humans of Late Lebanon. I don't know if, if you humans of anyway. Yeah, of late Lebanon. Bah. It basically shows like cringy stuff, like things that are like, oh, what what the hell is this? Or And there there was this one time I saw a photographer that had photographed immediately after the explosion. I think he perhaps is um, maybe an Italian photographer. I'm not his name, but he was photographing for the Washington Post. And I remember being really horrified because I saw that he had sponsored his photos um, on Instagram of the the explosion. And I was just like, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, I mean, why are you sponsoring the image that of uh, you know? And it was just really, huh? Suffering of people. Yeah, I mean, so Roy's adding, you know, the suffering. You know, you're like sponsoring. You just paid money on Instagram to sponsor your image of people suffering after an explosion. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a photographer uh, called Lorenzo something. And. Yeah, and, and, and I remember saying to Roy at the time, this is about, you know, this is this, this really is, for me, this is something I'm very passionate about, you know? Yeah, well, for sure, I mean. <laughs> and, and so when I saw, I remember when I saw that picture being sponsored, it was maybe like a week, two weeks after the explosion, or maybe less, I'm not sure. But the photos were from then from a couple of days after and they were very like apocalyptic and cinematic and very dark and black and white and and I remember telling Roy I was like I bet you this person is 
going to apply for a world press photo, which is like the, you know, one of the biggest uh, photography um, awards um, with this work, you know, and he's preparing that from now sponsoring his work. And uh, lo and behold, a week ago, uh, they, uh, they announced the winners and he's one of the winners with his Beirut stuff. Wow. And uh, the thing is, like, photographing, it is, there's nothing wrong with photographing. Document, documentation is very important. Sure. You know, but like, from the beginning, I felt like his intention was just to get the prize, you know, like photographing it, then sharing it on, uh, sponsoring it on Instagram. And, you know, this whole, like, the images were so, like, I don't know. So, anyway. Yeah. Really like, you know, SMH, like, shaking my head. Oh, like, you mean... Oh, smash my head. I was, I thought you meant no SMH, smash my head. No, smash shaking my head. Shaking my head? I think it's smash my head. Oh, shake my head. I mean, you know, the internet to be confirmed. Okay. But I was. I was shaking my head. Right, right, right. Oh, it is shaking my head? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Oh, that's yeah. Uh, hey, listen, all your fans and friends are here, and of course they're going to align with whatever you have to say, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Cherry Archer asks you, can you speak about processing? Your images look very natural. Do you do much in the way of post-editing? Uh, hi, uh, Ch uh, Cherry Archer, who is not um, from my fan club of people that I know, so I, I appreciate tourist. your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Taurus. Um, so, no, I don't uh, post-edit a lot. I actually try to keep it as natural as possible. Um, you know, maybe a bit of... A bit of uh, a contrast here like a little bit of adding uh, a bit more light but that's it it's pretty pretty natural as it is um and i and i tend to really enjoy using natural light as well mm. so no light studio even my like most of my portraits i try to do as natural as possible you know one of the photos that kind of stuck out and i was like i don't really fully understand what is going on here is the the vice magazine cover photo uh of uh the marshlands in in iraq i believe right um oh yeah Whoa, hey, I think we lost you again. Montreal, huh? It might be a lot of people on the internet because it's Friday. I don't know. I don't know. People in the neighborhood? Yeah, I think everybody's like uh, downloading I illegal films or streaming or something. I don't know. But, um, okay, you're here, sort of. Montreal. Yeah. Viva Montreal. Uh, so yeah, what is going on in this photo? Like, I'm not. It, it, it's is it there an antenna or a satellite dish? Like, I couldn't. What, what is that? Yes, it's um, it's actually uh, so it's a uh, it's a modif, which is a, a home uh, made out of reeds that is very traditional to people of the marshes, the southern Iraqi marshes, 
and uh, they have a TV in there, so they happen to have a satellite sticking out from the back. Um, yeah, and that's it. That's basically what the photo is. Yeah, there's like a there's like barbed wire, and and it's all like you know entangled together. So that's some person's uh, house. That's some person's house, and actually, there it was kind of on an island. Um, so that's why it also looks like it's by itself and, uh, it had just rained a lot. So the night before was a lot of rain. So there's, there was a bit of like, the, I think the barbed wire had like fallen uh, and, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, amazing, um, place, beautiful people really important part of Iraqi uh, Iraqi heritage. 100%. So going back to uh, the story behind uh, like R- Rawia. Yeah. So Rawia. yeah, with Rawia, what happened? Uh, like how did it, um, how did it fall off? So to speak. Um, I think, uh, I think Rawia was, when we started, it was very, um, it was good. It was beautiful to come together with different women photographers and, you know, want to create something together, a collective. I think that we never really um, gave time to work on something together. We were always very independent. Uh, Of course, we were friends and we shared... uh, we shared with each other and were supportive, but and we had exhibitions of each of our works, but we never, I think, gave time to work together on something. And um, so that was that was basically it. And then we just, as we were independent, just like went our separate ways mm. in, in a sense, you know. But we're all we're all still friends. But it's kind of like you know, it's like a band got together, did some interesting things, and then kind of was like, okay, so this isn't really working out. We don't see a future um, as Rawia. You know, we even tried to. We even at some point. Um, I think what we did also was, you know, as women, uh, we kind of pigeonholed. I think ourselves in in a space where it became. Um, we would only get asked to do things that had to do with like female photographers from the Middle East. And, and there was like, we, and we didn't want to get pigeonholed. And a lot of the time, that's what they wanted to do. Like the media would, would kind of only talk about the fact that we were women or, you know, these questions that, um, I never like a question that I used to get all the time, which, which really bothered me, which is um you know how how is it to be a a woman photographer um in the middle east and and i'm like you know like no one would ask a man how to be your photos look very female i gotta tell you (laughs) yeah yeah you know you can tell you can tell there's like a female thing to it yeah, I try. You know, that's all. That's all I just want. <laughs> right. I just want my photos to look feminine. You know, no, like there's no, there's no answer to that question other than to, to, um, you know, stereotype myself even more. Mm. Um, 
I do, I do feel you on that for sure. And I mean, like I, I, I had mentioned or, or even had at one point in time, uh, an arts collective or not a collective. It was a session thing. It was the, the he alive sessions featuring, um, you know, DJs and musicians from the Swana. Okay. Um, you know, and it was all women, right? It was yep. all women and it was called the he alive sessions, 22 or 20 something odd performances, 12 hours. Hours. And, you know, like, I mean, I get it. it and, and of course, it, it, it gathered quite a lot of media attention and rightfully yeah. so, you know, because yeah. you want to shed light on the um, the feature female voices and, and these like feminists who are kind of shaking things up yeah. in, in that sphere of things. So, I mean, I understand why you know, that, that needs to be done. And also why the media would want to, especially in the Arab world where it's like women are, you know, constantly being uh, portrayed at least as, um, as being repressed voices. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And the thing is, um, I, I saw here sessions. Um, it was amazing. Like so many of those, so many of those women are so, you know the the music everything was very very beautiful it was very it was a celebration right that was what it was and um and uh it, at the end of the day i think like it's okay it's like when when rawia first came out and we got a lot of attention because we were women like we rode the wave you know it's not a it's not wrong to uh, take take something you know because we saw it or at least i saw it in a way where i was like okay so we're getting attention because we're women, we're women but also what's happening is we're being able to share our work uh with audiences that may not have had a chance to see it before mm. you know like we had an exhibition in um in georgia state university you know like in in very different far-reaching spaces that we may not have reached um we may have over time who knows but at the time i was like this is a good opportunity to show work so it's not we're not hurting anybody we're sharing the work that we're doing that's important to us and but over time then you know then you 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 start to think about um you know uh how putting something together a certain way um might bring about that extra attention or you're saying that it's, it's being like said, you're getting attention for the wrong reasons? It's not about the wrong reasons. It's about like um why w- let's see. Like getting attention because we're women, but then being pigeonholed as as you know being seen be, getting attention because of that stereotype of that women are oppressed. Or you know like it's not like there's a way to break the stereotype, but also there's a danger of falling back into it. So it's all like that's why it needs to there always needs to be sort of like a care when it when mm. you do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, again, you know, it, it's I think that maybe within our own circles, we're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like we get that. Um, but maybe perhaps for the, uh, you know, for people out of the Arab world, for them to know that, like, you know, uh, with whether it's with DJs or photographers, you know, a lot of the times they're like, you know, just not really in the loop. So, I mean, I, I get that. And I, I'm glad that, you know, you guys had a good go and, you know, you've decided um, not to be 
kind of defined by this this thing so to yeah, speak and we're all you know we we are all still friends and support each other if need be so it's uh at the end of the day it was something that it was positive yeah to do it because i think also uh being able to reach other women you know uh we we, we had a lot of conversations and a lot of women getting in touch with us from from around um, around the world you know being like oh i love your work it's really nice to see a collective woman like that's also cool because it's uh encouraging you know yeah absolutely but yeah here's here's a tangent here's a tangent question okay just to kind of circle around this thing on a scale of one to ten okay how annoyed do you get when people ask to see a photo that you just took of them, you know, like you, you just hit, you, you, you take a photo and then they're like, oh yeah, like Lahza, Farjinil photo, please. Um, actually not very annoyed. I like, I like to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, damn it. Tomorrow the internet is so <laughs> shit. They want Oh no! Internet is so shitty. <laughs> Montreal. Let me. Let me. Uh, let me. Um, hold on. Is it better? It's getting better. It's tough, but it's getting there. Is it better now? I mean, I can hear you, and that's the most important part. Is because this is a podcast, and you know, f- this is going to go up uh, on a on a recording. But uh, yeah. Okay, we're good. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, right, like, um, there might be some back and forth, right? Like a client, you hear this a lot in the design world, at least in the advertising world, where, like, the creative will kind of be like, listen, uh, uh, you don't really know what you want. And I'm kind of the, like, I am the authority of what is the this, and you hired me to do something. So, you know, because there's, like, back and forth, right? There's a lot of the times that they end up being a client, right? So yeah. are, you, are you someone who's, like, going to go going to like how do you approach that when people give feedback or you have a client who's asking you to do something and they and they have like what is it you're are you someone who wants a hundred percent creative control or are you open to like you know um making changes i mean i of course would love to have 100 percent creative control um, is my video okay? It's, it's the way it's the best. It's the best right now. It's perfect. I mean, so, um, yeah, I mean, of course it would be great to have all the creative control, but sometimes when you're shooting for someone that has something in mind already, they send you, um, they send you like a, you know, sort of like a lookbook to see what they're looking for in a way. References? But you assume, yeah. References of like, this is, our style like a magazine would be like this is our style or um stuff like that which you can you know you can kind of emulate and you think to yourself also like they they're getting in touch with me so they've seen my work already so they know what the work you're about so if they don't like what i have um it's like you go get somewhere else maybe (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You saw what my style is, you know, sort of. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, but you always get, I've been in situations before where I, I've, uh, especially with, like, big NGOs where you would take photos and, um, and then at the end of it, like, share them and they're like, oh, this isn't what we were thinking or this isn't what we were, we, we were thinking about something else. Oh, we, you know, we're going to pay you 50% less. And you're like, and no, they just want to, the people are just trying to pay you less. So, and it happens all the time, like, right, mm. with design and with, like, the creative scene. And you're like, um, and, and then so I'm like, for, first you have a, you have a, you end up being like, oh, no, you know, I, I didn't do a good job. You know, you start questioning yourself. And then you're like, no, wait a minute. I'm Actually, the goddamn, not, I'm the photographer yeah, here. It's, yeah, I'm like, I did, I did my best at what I was given. And I'm confident with my work. These people are just, you know, and then I'll be like, well, you know, um, you're going to get a call from my lawyer. And they're like, we're going to send you the one of the wow well hey you know that's a real thing dude and i mean i guess is that something you think that you would cover in your course in, in your classes is like how to deal the ethics or the business end of things with regards to the the thing yeah i think i think with uh with with courses and with classes a lot of times you do teach from experience right like all kinds of experience that you've had will come in handy for someone that's just getting into something or you know is new at something it's, when i was first getting in i was looking for you know mentorship or support and i got it from from certain people that i really appreciate to this day you know and i and i i'm happy to return the favor as much as i can yeah well i mean i i, I hate to do this but i'm gonna do this because i'm gonna do this but like who are some of your like favorite photographers to come out of the arab world Well, um, that's, that's, uh, that's, oh man, that's a hard I, question. I mean, you can name them all, but like, you know, let's see, let's see some, let's do some shout outs right now. You know what I'm saying? Let's do some shout outs to some of the greats. Well, I mean, look, uh, let's, let's just say there's, there's a lot of photographers. I can't sit and name them all. Not going to name them all, but someone, some of the ones that are close to, to have impacted you in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, look, I would say, you know, I would say a lot of, a lot of people that I, I love as people and, and I love their work. Like for example, um, uh, for example, uh, Dalia Khamisi is like, you know, someone that I really love and I love her work. I don't know if you know her work, but yeah. if you don't, I'm a civilian of the photography world. I mean, I know the people, you know what I mean? Like I'm a civilian and, and, and somewhat of a sheltered person in that regard. Uh, you know, I'd go to the odd exhibit, uh, you know, especially in Lebanon. I don't know if you know station, for example, I don't know if you've ever exhibited yeah, there, yeah. you know, um, yeah. love station. It's one of my favorite venues yeah. and places. Um, yeah. Do you, okay. All right. You know what? I'm gonna save your skin. How about some of your favorite uh, galleries that you've been to in your day? In general? Yeah. I mean, uh, let's see. Let's let's talk Beirut. You know, like sure, okay. Uh, it spent, it spent a lot of really inspiring uh, moments at Sursa Museum. Um, uh looking through the Arab Image Foundation archive also very inspiring 
um you know seen i've seen some some cool stuff at the state at station as well uh music and uh you know and art um there's a there's a there's a lot of like you know a lot of really inspiring things do you listen to music while you work uh no not while i work like while you, okay photos. we don't do many yeah like let's say for example it's i mean uh, when you're not obviously when you're not in, like in the general public and or in nature or something like that i don't know maybe you you're like you've got a headphone in and you're like listening to something as you work i don't know but um let's say that you're in a studio environment and or editing your or reviewing your photos do you listen to music while you review your work and stuff yeah yeah i do um the thing is uh the thing the thing is i think in the past in the past year and a half my relationship with music has changed a little bit how so uh, i you know i i think that uh perhaps from if you want to talk about a bit of like you know a bit of PTSD or a bit of, uh, you know, a, a bit of experiences that I've had the, or that I went through in Beirut a few different times throughout the past, you know, like perhaps in, in, um, in the, uh, during the protests and I, I had, there were, there were some things that happened that affected me in terms mm. of sound. So my own relationship with sound and music has changed a little bit um it's getting a bit better but i'm now like now i i listen to really soothing you know i try to do a lot of um a lot of like sort of like not guided meditation but sort of like very very soothing soft oh. music i also really love the carpenters okay so i yeah so i that that's like kind of my vibe these days uh, tibetan because- singing bowls uh, not so much, but but I mean, I I could, I could. Not sometimes, yeah. Not the worst, right? No, no, no. But but I'm, you know, I I also the other day I went through. I used to be a huge fan of Oasis back in the day, so I the other day went through like you know a two hour Oasis um, rabbit hole on YouTube, oh, nice. and I also I also know um, I also went through a. Sort of like mid nineties Canadian, uh, you know, like uh, what was it called? Big shiny tunes. I don't know. There were the, all of those bands. Remember, like, well, um, I I remember compilation CDs when CDs were still a thing, and they would do like yeah, it was like yeah. much music's big shiny tunes. Maybe yeah, there, that was like the much music version of like now, right? Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so sort of like you know, th- and those are also. Like speaking of uh, speaking of like you know having a, a going through a hard time or or having an experience uh, that might be tough. A lot of times, I think listening to things from that you know from your past or is is in a way um, healing. Yeah, healing. It's comforting. Uh, so a lot of the old stuff from the from the nineties or you know when I was a teenager that I used to listen to here. Um, that that uh that calms me <laughs> yeah absolutely i yeah. mean uh i am definitely someone who gets anxiety trying to listen to new and stay yeah. relevant yeah. to the new new yeah. i don't really 
don't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like yeah. it. And yeah. uh, I, I definitely tend to find myself, yeah, digging through older records, older stuff, and just being like, you know, they had it. And if for some reason something comes through, but yeah, a lot of the new stuff that's coming out, I kind of feel, and that's why like Narcy, when I heard his latest record, I was like, oh my God, thank you for doing something like this, you know? But at the same time, artists like Shebjdeed, where yeah, I'm like, yeah. like you know, I, my Arabic is not the greatest. Okay, otherwise I'd be doing this podcast, yeah. and it would be you know way pop, way more popular than it is. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I still vibe with you know some of the um, the rap scene that's coming out of the Middle East right now, whether it's Al Ras, you know, with uh you know, Babel Dakhul and and uh and some of these other records, you know, Tanjara Dagid, for example, shout out to the homies. Um yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like for for me <sighs> when I do dishes, it's like really the worst. And I want I can't I I think I've developed tinnitus through yeah. through yeah. my years of yeah. being in a rock band and whatever and, and just having yeah. headphones on and listening to music so like i have this high frequency high frequency like me all the time so i need to feed music in my ears just to to cope with life and for example when i when i do dishes i want to listen to the most aggressive death metal like i just want it yeah. to be like i'm just like angry like washing the dishes or you know doing yeah. manual labor um <laughs> you know, but at the same time, if I want to chill, then yeah, like for example, you ever like just put on uh, you, that YouTube like study beats? Yeah, actually, yesterday, yesterday, I found this uh, this YouTube random random YouTube uh, that was uh, you're in. It's 1993, and you're in a hotel pool. Oh wow, <laughs> that's cool. You know? <laughs> or like uh like you know it's 19 that that one i can relate to but then there's like it's 1953 and you're in the back of your parents car driving home you know those are really paula abdul I mean, paula abdul yeah <laughs> paula abdul love paula abdul you know what i mean ah you know what like okay so who what was what was in your cassette player slash cd uh player um most often when i was younger yeah uh so i mean i i would say that when i was a, t a teenager or when i was uh because i spent so i spent some some part of my teenage years in abu dhabi and then we immigrated to montreal so ace of base uh no actually it was more like uh, it was more like uh, metallica oh. and uh like i had all i had danzig i had like slayer i was i really <laughs> you were a metalhead like yeah i was a metalhead randomly and uh yeah that was I like was the cool thing you know pearl jam pearl jam yeah nirvana yeah, pearl jam. On, uh, definitely, definitely. And then, of course, you know, like Four Non Blondes, you know, all of those kind of like those things that came out at that time. And then for me, it was Collective here, Soul. 
Collective Soul. Yeah. Collective Soul yeah. was my jam, dude. I remember yeah. listening to that on the radio and I was just like, you know, it was like around 92, I think. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> they were I actually randomly heard them the other day on, on uh, YouTube, too. I was like, Collective Soul, man. I mean, hold on a second. Let me see if I can. Let, I, I'd like to hear, because I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume, I'm going to assume this is your favorite, and then I'm going to do my favorite Collective Soul song, okay? okay. And, and then you can, and then Collective. Okay, hold on. Let me see if this is. I'm I'm gonna assume this was your favorite, okay? Because it was like it was fire. Hold on, let me pitch it up so that YouTube is not or Facebook or whatever the Instagram is not like no. So anyway, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Here we go. Was that your favorite? Yeah, that was really good. That was a great yeah. one. This was my this was my favorite one. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know what? I would say perhaps this was my favorite too. Right? It was I heard yeah. this song, it would come on the radio. And I think that honestly, this song was a, a huge influence into me getting into rock music. Like my uncle had this record. I stole all his records, by the way, all of them. He doesn't know, <laughs> but I stole them. Um, and yeah, I heard this uh, on the radio and I was glued for the first time. And um, wow. I was like, who is this band? Even though, I mean, it holds up, still slaps, but it, I don't know. The whole. It's really, it's still, it's, it's really still holds up. <laughs> I mean, God. Oh, anyway, Tamara, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long and slash, you know, I try to keep these podcasts, um, you know, uh, around an hour or so just, just to be action packed and whatnot. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. thank you so much for keeping it locked in uh, for you. as long as you have. Um, thank you to um, thank you to Amir Hazem for being here. Amazing Iraqi photographer. Um, Tanya, you held you held on all the time. Yeah, Tanya, I really appreciate it. I uh, appreciate it too. And also, maybe hey, maybe encourage her to come on the show, dude. I've been I asking her. She just watched this, so hopefully this will you know help her know that it was nice and fun. <sighs> Easy and shout out also Rita. Rita also amazing photographer out of uh, Beirut. So yeah, well you know uh, I leave you with the uh, parting note. Promote what you'd like to promote. Let us know what you have going on in your world, or you know what, like you said, that the, the you have a book coming down the pipeline. Uh, where yeah, to find but, it? We are the, yeah. we are the medium. Yeah, so we are the medium which is, uh, you know, which is a collective uh, founded by Sindus, Abdelhadi, and Narsi um, that now has a publishing arm. So we are publishing Picture an Arab Man, the book, um, through the We Are the Medium, and that we're working on it now. Uh, Roy is, is designing it, and it's uh, looking really beautiful. So... 
you know, it's like the ultimate way that I wanted to present the project when I first started it. So I'm really happy to uh, uh, to do it. So it'll be out in hopefully in uh, the end of summer. End of but summer. I will, yeah, I will promote it when it when it gets closer to for sure. As will I. I will. Thank I, you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can I? Uh, can I? Uh, can I also leave you with my favorite? Uh, with my favorite uh... Fil filter. <laughs> Hold on, let me filter. see. If, hold on, let me see if this I. Is my favorite I don't know if I have any cool filters. I don't know if I. This is here. This is my favorite filter for the time being. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it's very like. Uh, it kind of looks like. Or. Uh, yeah, like. Or this one, very very cool. I mean. Yeah. Oh, a little bit cliche. Okay, well, it was really, it yeah. was really nice. Uh, it was really nice chatting with you. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Take care, darling. There you go. And that bye. wraps it up. Bye bye. That wraps it up, everybody. Booyakasha. Another podcast in the bag. Man. That was awesome. That was nice. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad that it went pretty. Hey, pretty, pretty smooth. Uh, aside from the, you know, obvious uh, internet connect. I can't believe Canada of all the places of all the places to have issues. Canada. Uh, I know myself. You know, I live out in the country, and uh, sometimes, you know, if it rains too hard or if there's too much snow out, eh, it's not good. You know. But anyway. Uh, next week we are obviously going to uh, have more podcasts every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Wednesday, sometimes whenever I feel like it. But if you were a fan of what you saw today, let the good people know. Share the podcast. Like it. Comment on it. Whatever. Check out our other stuff that's uh, on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or Apple Music or whatever. Wherever you listen to what you listen to. And... Uh, yeah, keep it locked in, guys. I'm sorry. 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 I'